Thank you very much. The topic that I will be discussing is the concept of Am HaNivchar. When we recite the Birchat HaTere every morning, we say Ashabach HaBana Mikol HaAmim and Asalano Estarasai. When we say the Kiddush Yantav, we say Ashabach HaBana Mikol HaAmim Kiddush Yantav, Shabbos. Kibana Bacharta. Soon after the uh, Second World War was over, after the Holocaust was over, there were many stories floating around uh, about what happened under the Nazis. So one of the stories that was published was that one of the uh, one of the Nazis was once uh, torturing one of the Jews, and as he was torturing him and beating him, so he screamed at him uh, with disgust, and he said in German, "Do you crazy Jews, do you silly Jews, still believe that you are the Yam Hanivchar? You still believe that you're the chosen nation?" So the story goes that the Jew who is being tortured said, yes, certainly. So he said, how can it be? But you're being tortured. You're being killed. So he said, you're obviously not the chosen nation. The chosen nation will never torture anyone. We suffer. It's possible that we're the chosen nation. The one who, the the raider cannot be the chosen nation. This is in fact one of the simonim of the chosen nation, as the Talmud points out. The Jewish people are different in their nature. They are Rachmanim, Baishonim, and Gomli Chasodim. And it couldn't be that as a, as a matter of principle we have people, Yotzim and Aklal, sometimes uh, you have people who are not Rachmanim, not Baishonim, not Gomli Chasodim. In fact, it's interesting, the Ramah and Shulchan Aruch and Ebenezer, in the beginning of Shulchan Aruch Ebenezer, speaks about intermarriage. You have to be careful not to marry a non-Jewish person, not to marry a mamzer. A coin has to be careful not to marry a grusha, and so on. So it says in the Ramah, he quotes from the Rishonim, that if you have another fellow Jew who doesn't display the midas of Rachmanes, of Baishonas, of Milos Chasodim, you have to be choshish, maybe he's not Jewish. These are considered the hallmark of the Jewish people. And when a non-Jew converts and becomes Jewish, we believe, literally, Gershin is Gayer, He's endowed with a different neshama. The old neshama disappears and he's given a new neshama, like the neshamas of the Bnei Yisrael, which comes from Tachas Kisei HaKovet. And this is what the Mishnah seems to be indicating. The Mishnah in Perki draws the contrast between the Bnei Yisrael and the Umas HaOlam. Chaviv Adam Shenivar B'Tselem Chaviv in Yisrael Shenikru Banim Lamokam That all of men, all of mankind was created B'Tselem Alekim. Pashup Shat and the Mishnah includes non-Jews as well. But that concept that the children carry on the DNA from the parents, that they, they have the same genes as the parents, this is only by Bnei Yisrael. Bnei Yisrael have in their genes, Midas of Elakus, it means the same thing as Tzel Malakim, but to a greater extent, to a greater degree. And this is the source of what the Balatanya speaks of later in his work of the Ava Hamasuteris, the hidden love that every Jew has towards HaKadosh Baruch Hu, to the extent, this is not just an agadic, uh, fanciful uh, concept, this is Halacha, the famous Rambam in Hilchas Gerishin writes that sometimes the Halacha says we have a right to force a man to give his wife a get, even though he screams bloody murder that he doesn't want to give the get, so the Rambam quotes from the Gemara, and Baba Basra, the Gemara asks, but the get has to be given midaito, if you pressure the man, if you force him into giving the get balkorcha, so it's not a kosher get, so how can the Mishnah say that sometimes if the husband refuses to give a get, on some, uh, in some instances the bezin will be makin osa you beat him up till you bludgeon him, 
Tell he either gives a get or she'll become an almana. Either you give him a choice, one or the other. So how can that be? But this mamisha get bal So the Ramam quotes the Gemara's answer. So the Gemara answers know that every Jewish person really wants to do the Ratzon of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And if the rabbis determine that in this case it's obligatory upon the husband to give his wife a get, deep down in his heart we really know that he has an Abraham Suteris towards HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And he wants to keep all the mitzvahs and he wants to give his wife the get. But what? He has a Yetzirah. This is his pseudo-personality that doesn't let him do the mitzvahs, doesn't let him listen to HaKadosh Baruch Hu's wishes. He doesn't want to follow the rabbis. So we beat him up till he says Reutza Ani, and when he makes that statement Reutza Ani, it's really true. His innermost Ani, his his real Ani, his real self, really does want to keep the mitzvahs. So this is the principle that we assume. It's not stama drasha. This is a principle in halacha. We assume that every Jewish person has an Abraham Suteris towards Hakadosh Baruch Hu. That this is a, an instinctive feeling that every Jew has. And the Balatanya quotes the Pasuk in Tehillim that reads, like the deer. I was just told this week that my name is Tzvi, and in Yiddish my name is Herschel, so they showed me that in the book by Professor Felix that that's a mistake. That Herschel is a deer and the word Tzvi is not a deer. The word Tzvi is a gazelle. So, Ayol is really a deer. Okay, good morning. <laughs> so Kayol, we always used to translate Kayol Tarog like the gazelle. So you got to translate correctly now. The Gemara, they, they quote Professor Felix quotes in his book that the Gemara Chulin points this out that the Ayol is the deer that has the twisted horns, and the Tzvi is the gazelle that doesn't have twisted horns. Okay, so Kayol Tarog like a deer uh, knows instinctively how to find. The water, it doesn't have a map, it doesn't see where it's going. It can instinctively figure out where the water is in order to drink. So too, the Jewish soul yearns to come close to HaKadosh Baruch Hu instinctively. So we believe, this is a principle, this is an Iker and Amun, we believe that every Jew has an Abraham Suteris towards HaKadosh Baruch Hu. His Neshama desires to be close to HaKadosh Baruch Hu with respect to the other Umasai. But we do not make such an assumption. We assume, like uh, they assume, that there, uh, there is what they call the tabula rasa, that the neshama, the mind, is blank, like a blank uh, blackboard. And then afterwards, the people make decisions and develop notions based on education and based on, uh, they formulate opinions based on uh, what they hear from others and uh, their experiences in life. So the answer is this is not a contradiction. With respect to the Yomas Arlam, we, we, do, we do accept what they say that is Tabi There is no such thing as an Abraham Suteris towards HaKadosh Baruch Hu. With respect to B'nai Yisrael, because we assume that we are Bonam Lamakom, we have this greater degree of Tzalem Elikim, to the extent that we are called Bonam Lamakom. So we assume that uh, we have this Abraham Suteris. It's interesting that Talmud has a principle that Anochi Shishovas is Chayiv Misa. A non-Jew is not permitted to observe Shabbos. So, the Ramam has a whole different understanding of this, but the Pashib Shat and the Gemara seems to imply that it's a special din with respect to Shabbos. Vosephus and the Mokr, the source for this concept, is a Pasuk that appears in Parshish Noah after the Mabul. Yom Avalayla Lo Yishbosu. Why is this recorded in the Chumash after the Mabul? So the Pashto seems to imply that the observance of Shabbos is not only a mitzvah, there, is, there are many mitzvahs in the Chumash that are singled out as being different from the other mitzvahs, the Hainu, 
like we had the mitzvah Kedoshim Tihiyu Ki Kodosh Ani Hashem Elokeichem the mitzvah Kedoshim Tihiyu is basically a, a, another form of saying Bahalach Tavidrochov we were all created with Selim Elokim and we were commanded to preserve that Selim Elokim so the Torah tells us Kedoshim Tihiyu Ki Kodosh Ani Hashem Elokeichem HaKadosh Baruch Hu is Kodosh and he commands us Bahalach Tavidrochov he created us with Selim Elokim so he wants us to preserve that Selim Elokim by acting in a fashion of Kedusha the Pasuk seems to say that observance of Shabbos is also not only a mitzvah, it's an aspect of this mitzvah of Halach Tebedrochov as well. HaKadosh Baruch Hu rested on Shabbos, so he wants us to rest on Shabbos as well because of Halach Tebedrochov. Now, the Umas Oilam are also created. The Neshamas of all the Umas Oilam are also B'Tselem Elikim. So it would make sense for Anachri also to go to Halach Tebedrochov. In fact, that's what the Pasuk says. The, the, that Pasuk, Halach Tebedrochov, appears in Parshas Kisovoi. So the very next Pasuk says, It's when all of the nations of the world will see Kishem Hashem Nikra that you, the Jewish people, have succeeded in preserving your Tzalem Elikim by fulfilling Balach the Bedrochov. So the Pasuk concludes, They will learn from you how to be Yerei Shamayim. The Rabbi Shalom didn't command the Yom Esoilam that they have to go Balach the Bedrochov. This is not one of the Sheva Mitzvahs Ben Enech, but it certainly makes sense as an Enem Mitzvah B'yayseh for a non-Jew to volunteer it, a non-Jew is also created by Tzalem Alakim. He also has the Midas of Elokos. He doesn't have that level of Bonim Lamakim. He doesn't have it in the, in the genes, in the DNA, to the same extent that the Bnei Yisrael had. But the Yom Asalem were also created al Pipashtus by Tzalem Alakim. So they, it makes sense for them. Although they were not commanded V'halach to but it would make sense. So that's what the Pasuk concludes, V'yorim Mecca. They should learn from you to have Yerush and they should learn from the Jewish people to preserve their Tzalem Alakim as well. So one might have thought that the same might apply perhaps with respect to Shabbos. Our observance of Shabbos is not just... We do a lot of mitzvahs. So some of the mitzvahs that we observe are based on V'halach to Bedrochov. Like Raksolei said, there is a, a Gemara in the beginning of Brochus, but the Gemara says, how do we know from Tanakh that HaKadosh Baruch Davins? What do you mean HaKadosh Baruch Davins? Who does he daven to? He davens to himself. What in the world does that mean? He davens. Rav Soloveitchik says, I'm not exactly sure what it means, but he thinks that the upshot of the, of the passage in the Talmud is that when we daven, it's not stama mitzvah like tzitzis, like shoifah, other mitzvahs. The mitzvah of davening is an aspect of a halach to bedrochov, that HaKadosh Baruch davens, that somehow a mitzvah of elokus, we don't know what that means, who does he davens to himself, so our davening to HaKadosh Baruch Hu is also uh, an aspect of Allah the Bedrochov. And the same Perik, in the first Perik in Brachas, the Gemara says that we derive from Sukkim and Tanakh that HaKadosh Baruch Hu wears tefillin. God doesn't have a body. How can he wear tefillin? What are they driving at? So some of the commentaries that Sarab Soloveitchik said over, some of the commentaries explain that what the Talmud is driving at is that when we are commanded to put on tefillin, that's also a mitzvah of tefillin, but it's also uh, an aspect of the mitzvah of halach the bedrachim. So the observance of Shabbos is also God rested on Shabbos, so we should rest also. Observance of Shvisa on Shabbos is an aspect of the halach the bedrachim. So true, the nachrim, the umasoylem, were never commanded to fulfill the halach the bedrachim. It's not from the Sheva mitzvahs been enough, but it makes a lot of sense that they should volunteer it. As in any mitzvah in fact, the pasuk says we're supposed to show them the way. We should act in such a way of halach the We should preserve our tzelim alakim and demonstrate to the nations of the world that they can do the same. They should learn from us to go in the ways of Hakadosh Baruch to preserve their tzelim alakim as well. So one might have thought that the yom 
it would be a nice idea that they should volunteer as an Enem said to observe Shabbos also. So that's what the Pesach says, no. After the Dor HaMabul, HaKadosh Baruch declares that there's such a Yerida in the Tzel Melekim of all of mankind that this no longer makes any sense. Yom He doesn't want the nations of the world to observe Shabbos. This aspect of Elokus, this aspect of Halach Tzvidrachav just doesn't make any sense by the Yom HaSa'olam. And the Zohar has a comment on the Pesach that uh, the observance of Shabbos is something private and something that only belongs to the Bnei Yisrael. That's how we say in the davening on Shabbos. Hakadosh Baruch didn't give the observance of Shabbos to the non-Jews, even if they want to volunteer it. As the name it doesn't make sense. The Bechiris Yisrael makes it that we have more of a Tzalem Alekim, we have the Bonim Lamachim, so it only makes sense that we should observe Shabbos in the sense of a Halach Tabidrachav. This aspect of Halach Tabidrachav doesn't apply to the Yomasa Olam. And the Zohar gives the Moshal in this context, this is quoted in Shulchan Aruch, Moshal to the maid who has the keys to all of the rooms in the royal palace. And the maid has, to, has the keys to the kitchen and the dining room and the bedrooms and, the, and all the rooms. And the king and the queen are having uh, uh, privacy in their bedroom. And the maid takes the key and opens up and walks in in the middle. When, they, when the king and the queen are, uh, are there, they want a little privacy, they want a little quiet. So we'll certainly give the maid the death penalty. So that's what the Pasuk says, that Nochri Shabbos is Chayv Misa. The Nochri who wants to observe Shabbos is intruding on the Beni, this only applies to the Bnei Yisrael. We believe that it's a different neshama. The Bnei Yisrael have a different type of neshama, which has more of a degree of Tzel Melekim, to the extent that we call it Bonam Lamokim. There is a famous comment that appears in the Kuzari by Rabbi Yehuda Halevi. He writes that the philosophers of the Middle Ages divided everything in the world into four categories, Domim Sameh, Chaim, Daber, minerals, in vegetables and animals and human beings so he says no we have to have a fifth category Damim Sameach Ha'i Medaber B'nai Yisrael why B'nai Yisrael? B'nai Yisrael are part of the Medaber part of the human race so the Jewish people have more mitzvahs than the human soil so the Kuzari says no it's a different category he's, when he's you know the story of the Kuzari there was a non-Jewish king who worshipped David Zorah he subscribed to a different religion and he's very uh, Erlich he was very from and he kept on having a dream that his kavanas are pure, but he's worshipping the wrong religion. So he tried, he kept on having the same dream, so he figured he'd better investigate what other religions are there around. So he was going to uh, look into the uh, Islam and Christianity. He didn't think there's what to think, uh, think about, about the Jewish religion, because the Jewish people were so downtrodden. Jews were ungodless, he thought that for sure is not the correct religion. That's the last minute he changed his mind, and he invited a representative of the Jewish religion as well, and then he fell in love with the Jewish religion, and then he converted, and he got the cabinet of his country to convert, and he got all the people to convert. This, the Kuzari is a historical novel, but the story is a chunk of history. The people, the Melech Kuzarim, and that community, the Kuzarim had contact with the uh, Jewish community in, in Spain for several centuries. They used to send Rabbanim, they used to correspond, they used to send letters, and they were guiding them. 
So Rabbi Yudah Levi imagines what the conversation was between the Chover, the rabbi representing the Jewish religion, and the Melech HaKuzari. So he presents it that uh, the rabbi is asking the Melech HaKuzarim, can you imagine, would you think that it's possible to have a person who doesn't eat and doesn't drink for 40 days and 40 nights and he can survive? And he can live. So he says, no, that's impossible. So he says, well, Baliyas, it is possible. Moshe Rabbeinu, our tradition has it. Moshe Rabbeinu was on Harsina for 40 days and 40 nights. Lechem lo yachalti, umayim lo shasisi. And then the Kuzari says, it's not only Moshe Rabbeinu. Not only he was the Yotzim and Aklal. All of Klal Yisrael are like that. Because the rabbis tell us that Moshe Rabbeinu's Nevuah was on a higher level of prophecy than that of the other Nevi'im. And the Ramam and Hilchas Yisraeli Atara considers this one of the 13 principles of faith, one of the Yud Gimel Ikori And he lists off the four differences between the Vuas Moshe Rabbeinu as opposed to the prophecy of the Shanavim. One of the differences is that the other prophets got their Nevu always Bechaloim in a dream. They couldn't be awake. And Moshe Rabbeinu got his Nevu Bechokits. Now, was it only Moshe Rabbeinu who was able to have a Nevu Bechokits? No. On the occasion of Maimon Sinai by Matan Torah, all the Jewish people were awake. And they were listening to the Rabbani Shalom, proclaimed the Aseris Adibra. So it's not just Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu prepared himself, and therefore he had this constantly. He always had Nevuah Bahakit for Bahalom. But all the Bnei Yisrael could have theoretically had it, if they had it on the occasion of Maimon Hasinai. So the Kuzari understands that the fact that Moshe Rabbeinu was on Hasinai 40 days and 40 nights, Lechem Lechalte, Maim Sisi, that wasn't really unique to Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu was always prepared, so he could always do that stuff. But Bnei Yisrael could have done it as well. He understands that this is uh, an aspect of, of Bnei Yisrael. So that's what prompts him to say, that's what the Chaver, representing the Jewish religion, says that the fact that we can have such a, a human being, so the Melech HaKuzarim says, yeah, that's an angel. You have angels. They don't eat and they don't drink and they live. So, so, the, so the rabbi representing Shudism says, no, I'm not talking about an angel. I'm talking about a human being. Moshe Rabbeinu representing all of Klau Yisrael was able to function for 40 days and 40 nights without eating. So this shows that B'nai Yisrael are in a different madrege, totally different, totally different. It's not, not we, are, we are just simply part of the rest of the medaber, the rest of the, the human race. There's something very different about B'nai Yisrael. This expression, this was in recent years, Rabbi Chaim Oizer, who was the Rav in uh, Vilna, died about 1940, in the middle of the Second World War. So he was so enamored of Rab Chaim Soloveitchik, so he used to say that everything in the world is divided into five categories. That's, that's a different category. This comment, this uh, joking comment that he made about Rab Chaim Soloveitchik was patterned after this statement of the Kuzari, that we have what exactly does it mean Am Hanifcha with respect to what are we the Am Hanifcha? So the concept of Vichira appears in Tanakh in other contexts as well. It's not only with respect to Bnei Yisrael. Take for example in Parshas Re'eh in Chumash Devarim, the Pesach speaks about Bnei Yisrael coming to Eretz Yisrael and HaKadosh Baruch Hu will guide us to establish a Beis HaMikdosh in the Mokam HaShifcha Hashem. And that location where HaKadosh Baruch Hu will choose that the Beis HaMikdash should be located. And this is written twice. HaMokam HaShivcha Hashem is written twice. The Rashi in his commentary quotes from the Tanoim and the Sifrei and the Gemara has this comment why does it appear twice? The first time it's referring to Mishkan Shiloh and the second time it's referring to the Beis HaBchira to the Beis HaMikdash in Yerushalayim. So Rashi explains and why are they separated? 
How come it's written twice Hamakim Shiv Hashem? So Rashi quotes from the Tanoim that there was a difference between the Bechira of Shiloh and the Bechira of Yerushalayim. A real Bechira, full Bechira, has two parts to it. It means that I chose this place, a person, or item, whatever, to the exclusion of all other places. Here you're talking about a Re'eh, we're talking about Hamakim Shiv Hashem. HaKadosh Baruch chooses Shiloh and he chooses Yerushalayim to the exclusion of all other places. There is no Hetha Bamas. It wasn't permissible to bring Korbanis not during the several hundreds of years of the Mishkan Shiloh, and not during the, uh, the 410 years of the Vice Rishon. There was a prohibition to bring Korbanis anywhere else. So the first aspect of Bechira means this place to the exclusion of all other places. The second aspect of Bechira means that this is chosen forever and ever. So that aspect of Bechira only applied to Yerushalayim. That the Mishnah tells us in the end of Zvachim that Yerushalayim after the Beis Hamikdash was built in Yerushalayim, there was never again going to be a Heta Bamis, even after the destruction of the Temple. It was forbidden to build any Bamis anywhere else. Shiloh only had a partial Bechira, that it was only while Mishkan Shiloh was standing, it was forbidden to bring Korbanis in any other location. It was chosen to the exclusion of all other places, but it wasn't chosen by Lamas. It wasn't an eternal uh, choice. So that's where Rashi in his commentary on Chumash. Thank you very much. So Rashi in his commentary on Chumash quotes from the Tanoim that that's why the Pasuk in the Parshan Re'eh mentions twice with the Havtok in between. First there'll be a, bechir, a partial Bechir Asmokam on Shiloh that'll only be a Bechir to the exclusion of all other places there'll be an Isabamas then after Shiloh will be destroyed that Bechira was not Eilamas and then you'll have Abamagdola will be in Nova Givon but at the time of Nova Givon it was permissible to have Abamagdana wherever they chose in Eretz Yisod then the second Bechira the second time the Pasuk says Hamakam Shiv Hashem that's going to be an eternal Bechira that Yerushalayim not only had an Isa Bamas while the Beis Hamikdash was standing it was Einach Re'ahetah even after Yerushalayim was destroyed there wasn't going to be any Hetabamas at all so these two aspects of Bechira apply to the Jewish people as well. The Jewish people were chosen to the exclusion of all other nations. And the choice was Olamis. The choice of the Jewish people was forever and ever. That's the Pasuk, the Eras Nechli, the Olam. HaKadosh Baruch Hu says he's marrying the Jewish people forever and ever. The Olam Voed. Rashi has this in his commentary on Chumash in the beginning of Parshas Nitzovim. Rashi interprets the Pshuta Shalmikra and the Psukim that HaKadosh Baruch Hu says that he chose the Jewish people and he's not going to trade us in with any other nation. We remain the Amanevcha even after we sin. That's a discussion that the Talmud has in Kiddushin in the end of the first parak. Other Jewish people considered Banim Lamakim even when they sin or only when Ritz Osim Ritzanushamakim. So the conclusion of the Talmud is Afilabizman Shein Osim Ritzanushamakim. The Bechiris Yisrael is never lost. We retain our status as Bonam Lamokam, even as Manshainazim Ritzanushamokam. So Rashi in his commentary on Chumash explains the Psukim in the beginning of Parshas Nitzavim, that HaKadosh Baruch is sort of pleading with the Jewish people, please, pretty please, keep my mitzvahs because I'm really in a predicament, I'm stuck. I chose you, and I swore I'm never going to trade you in. Your choice, the Bechira of Klal Yisrael is Ailomis, and I can never choose any other nation. So st- we're stuck with each other. So the Rabbanu Shalom is pleading with us, we should keep the mitzvahs. In Yiddish folklore, it is uh, said that the reason why we refer to the Rabbeinu Gershom who lived before the days of Rashi, Rabbeinu Gershom is known as the Mo'or Hagola, 
the, the uh, one who gave uh, enlightenment to the whole of Klaviso because Rabbi Gershon made several takonas. So two of his takonas combined together are what saved the Klaviso. He made one takona that you can't divorce your wife, Balkorcha, if she doesn't agree. And then he made another takon, another cherem, that you're not allowed to be noisy, isha alishto. You're not allowed to marry a second wife. So the Rabbeinu Gershom made these two takonas to save the Jewish people. Like this, the Rabbeinu Shalom could have given us a get and goodbye. He could have gotten rid of us. Or he could have maintained his relationship with the Jewish people and taken another nation, chosen another nation. So because of the two takonas of Rabbeinu Gershom, we have the Rabbeinu Shalom in a bind and he's stuck. So he saved us. Rabbeinu Gershom saved us. That's how they send Yiddish folklore. But Rashi... And his commentary Chumash writes, you don't need the Rabbeinu Gershom's two takonas. That's what it says in the Chumash. Rabbeinu Shalom chose the Jewish people, a Bechira Oilamis. And even if we sin, they're also in the Kruubonim. The relationship is there. And it's an everlasting relationship. And we have the both aspects of Bechira. The Bechira is Oilamis, forever and ever. And the Bechira is to the exclusion of all others. No other nations will be, will be accepted as, as the Yam HaNivchar. The Bechira was never lost even after the destruction of the Beis Amigdash. This is considered a Chiddush. The Talmud tells us in the last Perik in Sanhedrin and Perik Chelek that after the destruction of the first temple many of the Neisor felt that the destruction of the Beis Amigdash was an indication, was a similar kach that we lost our status as Am because various aspects of the Beis Amigdash were in order to emphasize this fact that we were the Yam Hanifchar. The fact that the Kruvim were hugging each other was to indicate Ruchi Baschem Lefnei Hamokim. It was like a, the Pesach says in Nibra Yomim Kimar Ish Yosai. Like a husband hugs his wife, so to the Kruvim were the image of a man hugging a woman. And the uh, Ness that, uh, that the Lechem Aponim never became stale, this was the purpose of the Ness, was in order to indicate that Bnei Yisrael uh, were the Yam Hanifchar. And the nest that the Nehemiah always lit and it didn't go out, so the Talmud says also, in order to demonstrate that B'nai Yisrael with the Amman Ifchar, Sakharish Bochum made things Lemaila Minateva. Everything was, was uh, with a Hanhoga of Nisim. So after the Churban of the first Beis Amigdush, the, the Beis Amigdush, which represents this concept, that B'nai Yisrael, the Amman Ifchar, Beis Amigdush was destroyed, so many of the Hamayin Am thought, that means that we lost our Bechira. The Bechira Yisrael is over. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu sent the prophets, several of the Nevi'im at that time, to emphasize to the Bnei Yisrael, I never gave a get to your mother. The Jewish people are still my wife. We're still married. The Bechira is Eilomus. The Bechira was never terminated. And from that time on, the Bnei Yisrael understood that the special relationship, that the Bonim Lamokom, and the special, the Medrash points of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, loves HaKadosh Baruch Hu and expresses the love with every possible Lashen. HaKadosh Baruch Hu refers to us as Bini, Bini B'chorisa, then he refers to us as Biti, then he refers to us as his mother and as his sister and as his wife. People have loved their wife in one way, they love their son in one way, they love their daughter a different way, they love their sister, they love their mother. HaKadosh Baruch Hu loves us with all of these forms of love. And he refers to Bnei Yisrael, the Medrash quotes all of the Psukim, HaKadosh Baruch expresses his love towards the Bnei Yisrael using all of these Lashonas. So the prophets came after the destruction of the first temple. The Talmud quotes all of this in Perak and the end of Sanhedrin. And they emphasize this, that the status of the Yama Nifcha that we were given remains even after the destruction of the Beis Hamikdash. Nothing changed.
So we heard it, so we accepted it from the Nevim. So when the second Beis Amigdash was destroyed, we didn't have any Nevim, but we didn't need any Nevim to emphasize this, to re-emphasize it, to reiterate it. But Shangehef, we heard already at the occasion of the destruction of the first Beis Amigdash. So it's interesting, after the destruction of the second Beis Amigdash, that's when Christianity began. So part of the Christian, uh, one of the Ikori, every religion has their own Ikori Hoamuna. So part of the Ikori Hoamuna of, uh, of uh, Christianity is that the Catholicism is that the Jewish people lost their status as the Am Hanifchar because they rejected Osa Huish. They didn't accept him as God. And because we didn't accept Osa Huish as God, that's why he destroyed, that's why God destroyed the Beis Hamikdash. And he sent us into Golos because Eretz Yisrael is the Eretz Hanifcheres that only belongs to the Am Hanifcha, to the chosen nation. And since we lost our status as the Am Hanifcha, we will never re- have the right to return to Eretz Yisrael, the Eretz Hanifcheres, until such a time that we will accept Osa Huish as, as God. It's interesting that uh, over a hundred years ago when the Zionist movement began, that was the official position of the Vatican towards Zionism. They were opposed. They said they cannot, and it's not a secret. This was published in their newspapers in all the different countries, in Italian, and in French, and in Spanish, and in, Ameri- in English, in America. It was published in all the newspapers. Some of you may remember, we used to have a Rebbe in the Yeshiva, Rabbi Feldblum, passed away, uh, I think, a year or two ago. So his first wife, his first wife was the daughter of Rabbi Yalis from Philadelphia. So her doctoral dissertation was exactly on this topic. What was the reaction of the uh, Catholic Church towards the Zionist movement. She, she documented it. She just quoted from all the newspapers from all over the world. This was their official position, that the Jewish people rejected Osa Huish, so they lost their status as the Am HaNivchar, and Eretz Yisrael is the Eretz HaNivchar is only for the Am HaNivchar, and until we will accept Osa Huish, we will not be able to return to Eretz Yisrael. So they were opposed to the Zionist movement. When the Medina was established so many years ago, in 1948, so the Vatican never recognized the Medina because it's against their Iker and Amuna. They were preaching for so many centuries that the Jewish people will not be able to return to Balabata over Eretz Yisrael until they'll accept Osoish. We lost our status as the Amanivcha. So they never recognized the Medina. They were hoping and praying to their Avodah that it would disappear, that they wouldn't have this embarrassment because it, it was a kasha. But the Medina didn't, didn't disappear. So they still didn't recognize. For many, many years, they still didn't recognize the Medina. But they had to give a teretz to defend their position. So their official teretz was that the Jews don't have the real Eretzisol. The real Eretzisol is the old city, the Eratika, with the Mokama Migdush, with Hebron, where Avram Avinu was, where the Ovis Hakdoshim lived. We had Tel Aviv in the modern, when the Medina began. So we only had the modern part of Eretzisol. We didn't have the ancient part of Eretzisol. So that was their official teretz on the Kasha. Then after the Mohammed Shesha Tayamim, so the jig was up. The teretz was up. So, so what kind of a terrorist can... And they still didn't recognize the Medina. After Mechem Shashimim, still didn't recognize the Medina. So what could possibly be the terrorist? So the very, if you remember, but you don't have to have such a good memory because they chazret for you. Every year the Pope repeats the same thing. The day after the Mechem Shashimim was over, so the Pope said he thinks we have to internationalize Yerushalayim. What does it mean? You have to take it away from the Jewish people because it can't, according to their religion, it can't be in the control of the Jewish people. That's what they say explicitly. The Jewish people still have not accepted Osa Huish. So we no longer are the Yam Hanifcha. So how can we have the Territ was that we don't have the real Eretz Yisrael? We do have the real Eretz Yisrael. 
If Eretz Yisrael is under the control of the Arabs, it didn't bother them so much. The Arabs are not in Iranian. They don't claim to be, I don't know, apparently that doesn't bother the Christians. The, the Muslims don't claim to be the Amanifka, I don't know. But it bothers them that the Jews have officially rejected Yoshke, and they claim that we lost our status as the Amanifka. And if you'll remember, so this the Pope keeps on repeating every year consistently. Whenever he visits Eretzel, whenever he doesn't visit Eretzel, doesn't matter whether he visits, doesn't visit, he says he thinks we have to internationalize the city Yerushalayim because according to their gloom, it cannot be in Jewish control because the Jewish people lost their status as, as the Yam Hanifcha. And several years ago, when was it? About 10 years ago, when officially the Vatican finally recognized Medina Yisrael. So I remember that... Friday, I remember reading the newspaper, New York Times that Friday said that there was a Zeta Chazet, there was an exchange, an exchange for the fact that the Vatican recognized Medina Sisol, so what did Medina Sisol give to the Vatican? So it said in the newspapers they gave the Vatican permission to step up the missionary activities in Eretz Yisrael. Of course. <laughs> if if Eretz Yisrael belongs to the Jewish people because they plan to accept Yashkin. And they'll see to it that the Jews should accept Yashka. Exactly. That's exactly what it was. It's scandalous. So we, we feel that we never lost our status as the Yam Hanifcha. In fact, the Gemara in the first parakel in Chagige quotes a debate that took place in pantomime between one of the Rabbanim and one of the early Christians. So the Gemara says that the, uh, and the debate took place in the presence of the governor of that region, and the uh, agreement was that whoever is going to lose the debate is going to lose his life. So the uh, Christian had the first uh, word in the debate. So the debate took place in pantomime. So he looks at the rabbi and then he walks away like this. He walks away from the rabbi. And then they say to the rabbi, well, how do you respond to that uh, claim? So the rabbi looks at the Christian and he goes like this. So the governor didn't understand he didn't understand what the whole debate was all about. So he asked the Christian what did, you, what did you mean? So the Christian says he wants to demonstrate that God rejected the Jewish people. They didn't accept Yashke. So God, he walks away from the rabbi showing that, uh, that God is rejecting the Jewish people. We lost our status as the Amanifcha. And then the governor asked the, uh, the Goy, and what did the rabbi respond? He says, I have no idea what he responded. So the governor goes over to the rabbi and he asks, what did the Christian, what did the Christian say? So he said, we know what the Christian said, that we lost our status as the Amanifcha. He walked away to show that uh, God is walking away from the Jews. And what did you mean when you lifted up your hand? He said, we didn't lose our status as the Amanifcha. If God divorced us, or if God sold us, and no more Amanifcha, so finish it. We should be a nation like all the nations. Oh, you're in the Tuyo. The fact that God is punishing the Jewish people. Why was the Holocaust why is it that the other minorities who suffered the Holocaust, no one suffered the same to the same extent as the Jewish people? The Jewish people are still the Yamanifka. All of the history of the world keeps on revolving about the Jewish people. If we are singled out for punishment, there must be a good reason. We are still the Yamanifka. Our status of Yamanifka was not cancelled. So that's why the rabbi raises his hand. He says, God is still punishing us. That means we still retain our special status as Yamanifka. So then the Talmud says that the governor was angry at the Christian he said, you have a chutzpah to present a debate in pantomime in my presence and you don't understand what your Barplukta was responding to you, so you put the Christian to death. That's the end of the story. That's not the crucial part of the story. But the crucial part is that this position of the Catholics 
is recorded in the Talmud. That's how the commentaries explain it. And in the Sefi Yad Haktano, there's a classic Sefi on the Ramam Yad Haktano, which is every so often quoted in the commentaries on the bottom of the Yeridea. It's uh, by an anonymous author. And they say that it was written by a businessman. It wasn't written by Rabbi Bechlal, but it's a very, a very wonderful Sefer. So he has on Halach and he has on Hashkofa. So he has on this passage in the Gemara, he explains what the debate was, like other commentaries explain. And then he says that when we speak about Hestaponim, that we cannot see God, it does mean that God is not looking over, the, God is not watching over the Jewish people. Hestaponim means that God's face is hiding from us, we cannot see him, but he sees us, he sees everything that we, he's watching over us, we, can't, we just can't see him. And he quotes the Pesach in Shir Hashim, Nakarish if somebody's standing in the room and looking at me so I can see him, if somebody's standing outside of the room and peeking through a keyhole, or peeking through a crack in the wall, he can see me, but I can't see him. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu makes a hest upon him, so it doesn't mean that he's not watching over us. He's watching, but we can't see him. To us it appears as if no one is watching over us. But HaKadosh Baruch Hu is still watching, we still have a special Hashgacha protest. In the davening, we emphasize the fact that this special relationship between HaKadosh Baruch Hu B'nai Yisrael has all of these forms of Ahava. HaKadosh Baruch Hu refers to us, my son, my beloved son, my beloved daughter, my darling sister, my darling wife, all of the Lashonis. And the Gemara speaks, and, and the Nusa uh, HaTfil and the davening, we have two expressions to indicate the relationship of marriage. Benoik Shabbalim, when a couple gets married, so in some countries of the world, the husband takes on the wife's family name. And in America, usually the wife takes on the husband's name. My wife got married. Her main name was Shapiro. When we got married, her name is now Shechter. The Marashah got married, so he took on his wife's name, Edlis. That was his figure's name. His figure supported his yeshiva. So he took on Rav Cook. Uh, Rav Cook's son-in-law thought that the name Cook is going to go better than whatever his original name was. So he took on the name Cook. That people should know that he's Rabbi Cook's son-in-law, Ranan Cook, I think. I forgot, I forgot everybody what his first name was. So sometimes, so we in the Davani we say that our marriage with Hakadosh Baruch Hu was in both ways. Hakadosh Baruch Hu Ushmenu Karasa Bishmech, he incorporated our name into his name, and we say on the other hand, Bishimcha Gadol Hakadosh Aleinu Karasa, we have adopted his name, incorporated his name into our name. HaKadosh Baruch is referred to as Elokei Yisrael, the God of the Jewish people, and we are referred to as Amashem. It's such a marriage, Mamish Geknuptin Gebunden, that Hakadosh Baruch Hu has incorporated the name of Bnei Yisrael into his. He took on our family name. We have adopted his family name to show that there's a real marriage, and this is still recited in the Davening Adayim Azeh after the Churban Bayisrishen, after the Churban Bayisheinin, after the Holocaust. We are still, we have still retained the status of Am Hanifcha. What does it mean that we are the Amanichah? What is that? Uh, what is expected of us? So the Pasuk in Yirmiyot, the Novi Yirmiyot tells Bnei Yisrael that he, HaKadosh Baruch has chosen us to serve as Or Lagoyim. And the Satichah, the Or Goyim, as a light unto the nations. The Pasuk in Chumash also seems to imply like that. The Pasuk we mentioned earlier from the Teichachem in Kisovay, that the Pasuk says, then the next passage says, When all the nations of the world will seek Yishem Hashem Nikra Alecha, that you have succeeded in preserving your they should learn Yerushalayim from you. So the passage of Chumash seems to imply that part of the obligation of an Israel is to serve as an Orlagoim, to serve as a light unto the nations. We have to act in such a way that the Umasoilam should learn from us, Midas Tevis. 
This is al pipashtus, the meaning of the Pasuk in Shemos, when HaKadosh Baruch refers to Bnei Yisrael as Bnei Bechori Yisrael. We are the firstborn. Whenever you have a few children, if you only have one child, so it doesn't apply. If you have a few children, so it's always expected of the oldest child to help the parents raise the younger children. The oldest child has to help out and has to show the way. And if the oldest child misbehaves, so the oldest child shows all the others that they should misbehave. So there's more expected of the oldest child. So that's what HaKadosh Baruch says, B'ni B'chori Yisrael, we are supposed to serve as Lior HaGoyim, Lior HaGoyim. We have to help HaKadosh Baruch Hu raise his other children. We are the B'chor. And B'toyras being the oldest child, we have more of an obligation. We have the noblesse or breach because we were chosen, so we have more of an obligation to be more medactic. Even in the Sheva Mitzvah, been not only do we have additional mitzvahs, Sitzes and Shoifer and many other Sukkah and so many other mitzvahs, but even the Sheva, the basic Sheva Mitzvahs Beninach that were given to all of mankind, we have to observe to a greater extent. Take for example, uh, we all share together the mitzvah of Abedizor. The non-Jews are not permitted to worship Abedizor, but they are not permitted to worship Abedizor. But Bnei Yisrael have to be much more medactic, the Yomus Elam, we're not permitted to gain any Hanor from Abedizor. The Pashto says that a Nochri may get Hanor from Abedizor. Or the Talmud says, if a Jew is not permitted to get Hanor from Abedizor, Kalvachayim is not permitted to be Mahana in Abedizor. Let's say a Jew will give a donation to, to uh, an Abedizor where they're building a church or something. So the Talmud says that this is a prohibition. It's a Kalvachayim. If you're not allowed to get Hanor, certainly you're not permitted to be Mahana the Abedizor. In recent uh, years, I think it was last year, a group of Galochim contacted a certain Rabbonim and they said that they're losing a lot of their students in the seminary and they see that in the yeshivas we're not losing any students so they wanted to so the Galach Lustiger was the one who thought of this so he thought that it must be the Chavrusa system that they have in the yeshivas must, the reason why they're losing is simply because they're celibacy shtick and because it's Havad Zorah <laughs> Why are they losing? I'll give you a hundred reasons. But they don't want to be Moedalem, is why. So they have to chap on our territory. So it must be because we have the Chavrusa system. So they contacted Rabbonim, who were connected with the yeshiva, and they said they want to come visit a yeshiva in order to learn the Chavrusa the Chavrus system, in order to introduce it in their seminaries. So the Pashtun says that this is a biblical prohibition to help the seminarians figure out a system how to be successful to maintain their students and their son, that's like donating thousands of dollars, that's like donating half a million dollars to, the sem- to a seminary, a Catholic seminary, not talking with Jewish theological, so a Catholic <laughs> seminary. You're not permitted to be Mahana Abedizor, you're not permitted to help out Abedizor. If they have a problem that they're losing their seminarians, so we have to give them a correct and say, well, we're sorry, well, what can we do? <laughs> but to teach them the secrets of Yiddishkeit, to try to introduce the secrets that we have into their religion, that that should help them to further their religion. That's exactly what the Rabbani Shalom prohibits. The Rabbani Shalom tells us that we have to observe our Bedezor to the extent of Yeharik Bal Yavor. By the Nochrim, the Raman Paskans, like the Maskana Sagmar, there is no requirement of Yeharik Bal Yavor. They're not obligated to give up their lives, Al Kiddush Hashem, not to worship our in fact, the uh, Talmud has a tradition, the Midrashim have the tradition that Avraham Avinu was thrown into the Kipshan Ho'esh because he refused to worship Abedizor even at the expense of losing his life. And the Mishnah Lamelech has in his Drush Sefer and the Parashas Drach, Mahal Lesi, about this. How come this is not written up explicitly in the Chumash? Such an unusual miracle that he was thrown into the Kipshan Ho'esh and he was feared. He should have been burnt alive. He should have uh, gotten killed by the fire. 
how come it's written about the Hanan Mishal Bazariah it's written about the miracle that was thrown into the Kibshan how come it's not written over here so the Mishnah Melech gives a very fascinating suggestion he says because Avraham Avinu did Shaloi Kedin he, he wasn't obligated to give up his life al Kiddush Hashem and the Ramam says whoever is not obligated to it's like uh, suicide to do that so he says Avraham Avinu did wrong Lemaise Avraham Avinu was volunteered as an enemy it's like he made himself Jewish he forced the Rabbani Shalom to accept him as a Jew and the Mamela as a Jew so it makes sense there is an Indian of Yuharik Val Yava but uh, strictly speaking before he forced himself on the Rabbani Shalom he did Shalai Kedim the Pashas but we have such a Din that we are, we have to enhance our observance of Avodah Zorah. We have to demonstrate such a love towards Hakadosh Baruch Hu that we have to even give up uh, our lives for Hakadosh Baruch Hu. The Talmud understands that observance of Shabbos is also, in a certain sense, an enhancement of the mitzvah of Avodah Zorah. That we, by observing Shabbos every week, we demonstrate that we subscribe to the story of creation. That God created the world and He has control over the whole world. And the Gemara even has a discussion in the second parak in Masechah's Kreis regarding a Ger Toshav, a non-Jew who accepts upon himself uh, the Sheva Mitzvah's B'nai Noach. So the Talmud understands every non-Jew has to observe the Sheva Mitzvah's B'nai Noach. So what's added because he accepts it in the presence of a Bezin of three Jews? What do you mean he's accepting to observe Sheva Mitzvah? He's obligated anyway. Even if he doesn't accept it, he's obligated to observe the Sheva Mitzvah's B'nai Noach. So if Yosef Engel has an essay on this in his Sefer, uh, in the beginning so he says it would appear from the Gemara and Rabbi Neza has this as well would appear from the Gemara that the Ger who accepts upon himself to observe the Sheva Mitzvah Ben Enoyach is now obligated to enhance his observance of the Sheva Mitzvah Ben Enoyach not to get Hanoah from Abba Zorah to be Yehorik Valyava to observe all of the details of Abba Zorah and so on like the Jews do to observe the Sheva Mitzvahs with all the pitches kiss, with all the details. So that's why the Gemara has a dispute among the Tanoim. Perhaps the Ger Toshev, who accepts upon himself not to worship Abedizah, maybe he's obligated to observe Shabbos, because Shabbos is also, in a certain sense, an enhancement of the, of the Mitzvah Shalol Labad Abedizah, because we demonstrate that we subscribe to the story of creation. So one time is of the opinion Taka Enachinami that uh, that the Ger Toshiv has to observe Shabbos, but you can't observe Shabbos like a Jew observes Shabbos. That's against the halacha. Yom Balayla Lo Yishbosu. So the Ger Toshiv has to observe Shabbos to the same extent that the Jew would uh, would observe Yontif. Next Tana says that that's no good. That observing Yontif is also prohibited for the non-Jew. So he has to the Ger Toshiv has to observe Shabbos like a Jew would observe Chalamoy. And we pass, and the Gemara says, we pass like the third Tana, that even observing Shabbos like Chalamite is also prohibited for the Nochri. So Hatanish Kimbreira says, so the, so the Gertoshe cannot enhance his observance of Avodah Zorah in this area to observe Shabbos at all, even to observe Shabbos like Chalamite would also be forbidden to him, so he says he can't enhance it. Far from. Part of our observance part of our enhancement of the mitzvah of Shaloi Labad Avodah is the Pasuk that we just read in Parshish Kedoshim Altif Noel Hu Alilim that Rashi in his commentary on Chumash writes the Pasuk shot in the Pasuk Altif Noel Hu Alilim Lo'ovdein that we should not worship Avodah but that's only the Pshutu Shal Mikra the Talmud in Gemara at the end of Masech Shabbos and this is quoted in Shulchan Aruch no Machloikas Talmud understands an additional level of interpretation you have many many Pesukim like that in Chumash where you have Pshutu Shal Mikra 
And then we have additional levels of interpretation. You have uh, Goyesha poems and Goyesha books where the author had more than one intention. He had an open kavanah, then he had a hidden kavanah. There were even books written by Nochmu where there were two hidden kavanahs. So we assume that HaKadosh Baruch Hu dictated the Chumash to Moshe Rabbein in such a way that there's Pshut Mikra and there are many levels of the hidden interpretations. That's the Torah Shabal Peh. So the Talmud understands an additional level of interpretation on this passage, Gal Tifna Alilim, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is a Kel Kano, he's a jealous God, he doesn't want us to show any interest whatsoever in Avodah Zorah. We're not permitted to watch a movie about Avodah Zorah. There's a movie now about Avodah Zorah. All the Jews are going to watch it. This is a biblical prohibition, Al Tifna Alilim. You're not allowed to read books about Avodah Zorah, unless a person is a spokesman for the Jewish community and he's going to have to give a reaction so sometimes there, Abyankov Kamenetsky, when he was once moving from one apartment to the other, so the grandchildren were moving all of his svarim. So they found he had svarim all over the place and bookcases that he had in a closet also, stacks of stuff. So they found uh, the Gospels on the bottom of the pile of all the stuff. Go- so they said, Zayda, what are you doing with the Gospels? So he said, Look, he was a, I was a rabbi in Toronto and he had to deal with the Galochim. So you had to have a Gospels in order to know what, you got to know what you're talking about. You have to know Vasa Shtayt and Vasa Shtayt Nish. You have to know how to discuss things intelligently with the Galach. So the Gemara says, Lahovin Allahiris, if a person is in a position of leadership, I'm never called upon to take a stand with respect to the Jewish position on anything in Christianity. So I, don't, I don't read these things. Rabbi Salvechik was always called upon to take a stand on these things. He had no choice. Like Abyanka Kamenetsky, like many others. So the Rabbonim in Europe, many of them had to study uh, certain aspects of it as But a layman, who's not called upon to take a stand, we know too much already. We know too much about it. Even if you don't read the newspaper, we probably know more about Christianity than the Hamoinam of the Nochrim know about it. An intelligent Jew knows more about Avodah than than the followers of their religion know. So this is what the Gemara says, this is, the Jews are expected to enhance the observance of the prohibition of Shalom Labad Avodah by showing, by not showing any interest whatsoever in the Avodah many Jews watch TV, so they're interested in watching a mass service in order to see what's going on. What do they do when they have their mass? So this is included in the same prohibition. Even though you're not going to the church, you're just watching it in the privacy of one's own home, this is still prohibited. I remember when Kennedy was, uh, President Kennedy was assassinated and they had a mass in a, in a church, so many Jews were watching the mass. Rav Soloveitchik commented in the yeshiva, he was so upset about that. He said, not only is it forbidden because they demonstrate an interest in Nabi Dazar, he said that there's an additional Lisa. He said, at that time, the Catholic Church had given an issued Apsak that Bishas uh, if it's too difficult for you to go to church in order to participate in Mass, if you stay home and you watch it on TV, you're also Yotze. So he said, Gevald said, the Jews who stay home and they watch the Mass, according to the Catholic religion, are participating in the Nabi That's what they say. Lishitosom. So the Jew is mamish participating in the Avodah Zarah. It's terrible, but even if they would have passed him for even according to the missionary Shaina, that they said that you're not Yaitzeh, that you're not Yaitzeh if you watch the Mass at home. But still, just to show an interest, to display any interest in an Avodah Zarah, the Torah says that it's forbidden, unless it's Lahav and Laharis, unless the person has to take a stand. It's very interesting that historically, before the emancipation, the concept that the Jewish people with the Yaman Ifchar was ingrained in all the Jews and there wasn't any problem, there were no fakers. And it was after the emancipation that the problems came up. Why very Pashat? 
Because Kozman, that they were right if the Jews, and they were saying the dirty Jews and the Jews are stupid and the Jews are the source of all the sicknesses and the Jews are, are this and that and the other thing. And we knew that it wasn't true. So they're telling us that there are different levels of human beings, that they're the super race and the Jews are, are uh, dogs, the Jews are second rate citizens. So if they're telling us that there are two levels of human beings and we know that they were telling us about us is not true, that we're a lower level, so we could believe what it says in the Torah, that we are the Yamanifcha. After the emancipation, and they declared that all men are created equal. You live in America, it's a democracy, everybody's created equal. So it's hard to maintain this emunah, that the Jewish people are the Yamanifcha. Where do you see that we're the Yamanifcha? We're the same as them. When the Nazis are persecuting the Jews and when they're torturing the Jews, the Jew can believe that he's the Yamanifcha. It's easy. Because the Nazis are saying that there are two levels of human beings. They're the super race. They're the special race. And we're the dirty Jews with all the sicknesses. We know it's not true. So we can, we can believe. It's not so difficult to believe that we are the Yamanifcha. But if you live in the Gebenshta America, if you live soon after the emancipation in Europe, that they were going to give everybody equal rights because everybody is equal Everybody was created equal as already a bigger challenge. That's why when Napoleon was waging the wars and his platform was, his program was to give freedom to everybody and to give equal rights to everybody. So at that time, the first Lubavitcher Rebbe, the author of the Tanya, was opposed to uh, Napoleon. He thought that this Nisoyan of, uh, of emancipating the Jews, giving the Jews equal rights and everything would be too difficult for the Jews to withstand. And Lemaise, he was right. We see that after we had after the Jews were given equal rights, so many of the Jews no longer believe that we, we are the Yam Hanifcha. The Gemara has such an expression in the first parak in Chagiga. The Gemara says, the Rabbanu Shalom looked around the whole world at all the different Midos to decide which Mida fits with the Jewish people. Poverty. The Nisoyen Ha'oni, we know how to succeed with the Nisayin Ha'ishir is very difficult. When, we, when we're given equal rights with the Nochem, when we're given a Shefa, Brocha, a lot of money, and uh, we don't have to work so hard for a living, so that Nisayin is too difficult for the Jewish people to survive in. Nisayin Ha'ishir, we can, we can succeed in. The Rambam does not list this principle of Bechirit Yisrael as one of his Yud Gimali Korhamun, but nonetheless, it certainly is. We don't know exactly what the Yud Gimali Karmun is supposed to represent. There are many more principles in Emunah. This principle that Bnei Yisrael the Yamanifcha is certainly one of the major Rikari Emunah. The Ramban HaChumish says not only is this one of the major Rikari Emunah, Bnei Yisrael are the Yamanifcha, but more than that, that Ein Mazal Yisrael, that the Jewish history is Lemaila Minateva, that the uh, rules and regulations of normal Chukiateva of history don't apply to the Klal Yisrael, that Klal Yisrael's history is Lemaila Minateva. Ramban says whoever doesn't believe that, they ain't Lochelik in the Jewish religion. That's an ikir that's repeated throughout the whole Chumash, throughout the whole Tanakh, that the Jewish history is Lamaila Menateva. When the, when the HaKadosh Bocha listens to the prayers of the Yom HaSoyelam as well, HaKadosh Bocha, Shamea Tfilos Kol Peh, he listens to Shamea Tfilos Dechot Kol Bosa everybody comes. But we have special schusim, it says in Tanakh, the Jewish people have special rights. We have special ability to daven to HaKadosh Bocha, our prayers stand a better chance of being answered. HaKadosh Baruch Hu revealed to Yoyna Hanovi that the Midas HaRachmim, Hashem Hashem Rachmachanan and so on applied to the Yom Asylum as well but the Bris Krusel, the Yud Gilamid, Hashem HaKaz Yisraelim is only with Bnei Yisrael. It's not with the Yom Asylum. Klal Yisrael have clearly, we believe that we have a special level of, of uh, status of uh, Ama Nifchar. Even in the areas where we share in common with the Yom Asylum, everything is different. 
And this concept that the Tanakh speaks of, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu loves us, and one of the many expressions is, He loves us like a couple, like a husband loves the wife. So we have a principle in the Gemara, the Balki Ishtoi and Ishtoi that there's a blending in of the two personalities, the Ravid learns on the Gemara, the Balki Ishtoi is considered a Baldover, it's considered as if it's the same person, not Stama relative, it's considered Baldover. So in a certain sense, HaKadosh Baruch Hu takes B'nai Yisrael and he singles them out with this special Bonim Lamakim, with this special relationship, more of B'Tselem Akim than the other nations have. This is, a very, this is a very significant principle. As I say, we mention this in the davening every day. Shabbos, every all the mitzvahs are based on the assumption that Klal Yisrael have a special Bechira. Uh, we are the Am Hanifcha, we were chosen, and whether we follow the mitzvahs, if we don't follow the mitzvahs, and just to conclude with the comment that the Chafetz Chaim made on the Pasuk, that we uh, mention every day in the Volatzion, we say Vanizos Brisi Osam Amar Hashem Ruchi Asher Olach Advar Shasam Tu B'Fich Lo Yimushem Ipicha Etc. So the Chavetz Chaim pointed out the grammar of the pasuk is a little megumgum. It should say Vanizos Brisi Itom. You make a Kriyas Bris with the Jewish people. What is it? Vanizos Brisi Oisom? I'm making a Bris on them. So he said no. Brisi Itom would have meant he's making a Hakadosh Baruch is entering into a contract with the Jewish people. We agree, and he agrees, okay. And if we decide to walk away, so we walk away. No more contract. No, on the Ibrisi, Oysam, the Rabbanu Shalomus, Kofalayim, Harkigigis, he forced the Bris on us. Whether we like it or not, that's what's going to happen. Lo Yomushim, Ipichom, Ipizarachah, and Ipizarachah, Meatabad Oilam. A lot of times you have a Jew who wants to run away from the Torah, he wants to run away from Shmiris and Mitzvah. You have a lot of the people who founded Medina Sisrael. They were such apikursim and such lahachasnikas uh, and such mishumodim, and then their grandchildren are now learning in yeshivas. You have from the biggest communists who, who were the biggest participants in the communist uh, party in Russia, and they were against all religion. They didn't believe in anything, and their grandchildren, their great grandchildren, are now learning Torah. So that's what the that's what the Chavetz Chaim said. The pshat. We saw in America, many Jews came to America. They threw out the whole religion. Nothing. They kept nothing. So their children, their grandchildren, their great-grandchildren, some of them are attackers still lost, and many of the others are, are forced back to come back to Klal So that's what the Chavetz Chaim said, Vanizas Brisi Oisam, HaKadosh Baruch is forcing the Bris on B'nai Yisrael. He shows us as the Yamanifcha whether we like it or not. They don't keep the mitzvahs, they're still Banam HaMakam. You can't run away from the Torah, even if you do Mepizarecha, second generation, third generation, Torah is going to catch up with you. You cannot run away. This is the special status of the Bnei Yisrael that we have it in our DNA. This is Bonim Lamok and we have it in our genes that we are the Yamanifchar and there's no running away from this. And this requires of us, it's expected of us that we have more responsibilities. We're supposed to serve as, as the Oral Agoyim.